Okay, um, good evening everybody. Uh, first of all, uh, welcome back. It's been a while since I've done this. Um, and I have to let you know, for the next two Thursdays, I will be in Eretz Yisrael. So um, we'll see you again in three weeks, Ezra Hashem. Um, but uh, yeah, so so let's get started. So again, uh, the way this works, I'll just go through two Shilas that I got recently. You'll tell me which one you want to talk about. So uh, the first Shaila got a couple of weeks ago. A Rav uh, called me up and told me that uh, he was speaking to a Talmud of his, a young man who he described as a very, very sweet person, a very sincere Ben Torah. And this young man suspects that he uh, that he might be gay. That he has a same se- he knows that he has a certain level of same sex attraction, um, and he is certainly feeling uh, some stirrings of that nature. Uh, and he's been seeing a therapist, and he's been exploring with his therapist as to whether he might also be attracted to women. And he doesn't feel that he is, but he has no idea. He doesn't he doesn't feel confident that he's not. So the therapist told him one suggestion that the therapist said has worked for some people is to try developing a relationship with a woman where some semi-intimate touching is done and see if that is or any feelings in him, see if that uh, causes him to feel something. And the therapist said that, uh, that he knows certain people that it's worked for in the past. Not that it always works, but that he knows certain people that it's worked for in the past. And the guy happens to be in graduate school. He's in law school right now. And he figures he's in school with a lot of Jews and non-Jews, and uh, mostly non-Jews. So he can strike up... Uh, there are lots of these kinds of relationships all around him. So he can strike up a relationship with a non-Jewish girl, and uh, not let it go too far, but get to the point where he'll at least be able to explore whether or not uh, he feels uh, anything, um, any sort of attraction to, uh, to the opposite gender. So that is uh, Shaila number one. Is he allowed to do that in order to explore this option? Shaila number two. Um, as uh, some of you may know, uh, the Kal Yisrael has uh, celebrated a Sima Shas not that long ago. Um, and it's really amazing. So many people have uh, started learning Daf Yomi. I was on the plane to Eretz Yisrael uh, last week. I'm, I'm going back again, but I was just there last week. And uh, like the whole plane had a Masechus Brachas on that. It was like, it was unbelievable. There was a guy sitting in front of me, um, sitting next to Rabbi Shai Shechter, who was sitting directly in front of me. So next to him, there was a guy without a yarmulke <laughs> learning Daf Yomi. <laughs> like it didn't fall off when he fell asleep or anything. He just didn't have a yarmulke. And he was learning that Yomi. It was mamish unbelievable. The whole plane, men, women, everything. <laughs> the whole, uh, the whole plane was learning that Yomi. Um, so, uh, like, like the pilot, I, I don't know how he was able to drive the plane. He had to, he had to keep up with the daf. But anyway, so Kali Yisrael celebrated a sima uh, shas, and uh, my daf Yomi Shir, as I'm sure many daf Yomi Shirim, uh, had a boost in attendance uh, right after we finished Masechus Nida, Brachas Dav Beis. We had a lot of people come. So a guy came over to me with a great fundraising idea for the shul. And his idea was that we get all of the people who just started the daf uh, in, in our shul, um, not, not people who are on their second or third cycle. You're only eligible if you just started. All people who just started the daf to put into a, uh, a, a pot or an account uh, that the shul will run to put $2,711 into the, uh, the account. And each day that they do the daf, they'll get $2 back. So how's he going to make money? Because on average, 
<laughs> Most people don't make it halfway through Shas. Most people, uh, you know, drop out after uh, Brachos, Shabbos, you know, halfway through Erevin, something like that. So he figures that would be an unbelievable fundraising opportunity for all these people. That's why it, 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 he was smart. Not people who've done it already, because those people have a high chance of success. But you want to go with the people that, uh, that were, you know, caught up in don't let perfect be the enemy of good and, you know, are like all excited and they uh, and, and, and decide to, to start the daf. So, uh, so that is a shy, is that permissible? Can the shul run such a, I don't know, not a Ponzi scheme, but such a, <laughs> such, such a fundraising, uh, such a fundraising activity? So those are our two shaylas. Any preference? All those who prefer shaylas number one. All those who prefer shaylas number two. Okay, so I guess shaylas number one wins for today. I prefer shaylas number two, but okay. Um, so Shaila number one, yeah. So this is a tricky, uh, tricky Shaila. So first of all, some assumptions and uh, comments before we get into the actual, uh, the actual Shaila. Um, clearly, this is something that uh, this fellow is going to have to explore in some way or another before he gets married. Meaning, it should be uh, obvious that to us, certainly at this point, uh, that if he doesn't feel any sort of attraction to women. Um, then he cannot he, he cannot get married without uh, disclosing that to uh, to a wife. Meaning that would be uh, and if he would disclose it, then she's it's unlikely that anyone would uh, would marry him or would date him. So uh, so it's something that, that that's very clear that he does have to explore this if he plans on getting married. And if he very much wants to get married, he wants to build a family. He wants to be part of the Orthodox Jewish community. In the way that he grew up with, uh, you know, that, that he grew up in in one, and uh, so so that's 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 very clear. So as far as uh, you know, even though even though the um, the in the world out there it is a uh, it is it is a very uh, taboo thing to talk about to talk about trying to explore to see if perhaps he uh, he can have uh, these these attractions because. Uh, in the world out there, there's nothing better or worse about having these feelings or not having these feelings, meaning it's not viewed as a challenge, it's just viewed as, what do you mean, so you are, just like being, uh, um, you know, uh, dark-haired or light-haired is not a challenge, so this is no challenge either, it's just, it's just who you are. But in uh, clearly, from a Torah perspective, this is something that is a very great challenge, not a challenge that anybody wishes to have, and uh, a challenge that's, um, that's a very great test for many people. But from a Torah perspective, certainly he has to, if there's a chance, if this is something that, is, that a responsible therapist thinks uh, might work, which, by the way, a responsible therapist pro- probably is not allowed to say publicly, because uh, nowadays, if I went on Wikipedia to look, uh, I went on the internet to try to find out more about this, and all I was able to find is like scathing, uh, you know, sorts of uh, comments about these kinds of uh, therapies. Um, uh, the uh, Wiki- according to here's the, from the Wikipedia page, the American Psychiatric Association opposes psychiatric treatment based upon the assumption that homosexuality per se is a mental disorder or based upon the a priori assumption that a patient should change his or her sexual homosexual orientation and describes attempts to change a person's sexual orientation by practitioners as unethical. It also states that the advancement of conversion therapy may cause social harm by disseminating unscientific views about sexual orientation. 
meaning it's going to harm people because uh, it's going to it's going to it's going to suggest that uh, there is a preference one way or the other. Um, so that is that that is the that is the view of the world out there. But this guy, he's going to from therapist, and the therapist says he's seen it work. He doesn't guarantee that it will work. There are people out there that will guarantee that it will work, and those people are probably not to be trusted because that seems a little bit uh, much, and uh, certainly there's much evidence that it doesn't always work. Um, but uh, but that that was the suggestion. And over here, the person is not really trying to. Um, change the orientation. It's, it's, it's much more subtle than that. Meaning what the person is trying to do is explore where he's at. Where the, because a lot of people are not 100% clear on their own, uh, on, on, on their own feelings. Um, and, and another thing just to point out is that if there's another Eitzah other than this, then certainly we would try for that. So this Rav that called me said that he asked the guy, does it have to involve a human? Meaning, uh, can it be magazines or something like that, or the internet? Can you, uh, do you do you need to explore in this way? And he said he's tried everything else, and he thinks it just really needs to be uh, with a real human being that he can feel some sort of connection with. That uh, and that's what the therapist believes as well. That very often some of this confusion, and there are a lot of people, by the way, um, uh, that 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 think they're gay that aren't. Um, there, there, there are people that have had some sort of experience in a yeshiva dormitory or something, and felt something at some point, and they, uh, and 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 they, they, they automatically jump to a conclusion based on that, and it's not necessarily the case. So this therapist is not trying to change the person. The therapist is trying to explore what the person is, and if the person can can uh, um, can have and and or develop uh, such attractions. So the the way again the way the therapist is suggesting it be done is through um, not like uh, very uh, if you could excuse the term like hot and heavy kind of activity, but nigiya meaning certainly more affectionate kind of uh, kind of touch. So what are you tying it? Is it, uh, you know, is it better to use a Jew for this, a non-Jew, or can you not do it at all? And how do you paskin if you're the rabbi? Can you say that there's two things? One, better non-Jew than a Jew because of Nita and all the... Ah, so certainly the, the svara in him thinking non-Jew would be better is that a Jew is Nida, and Nida is Arayos. So if, uh, or at least possibly, likely, that's what we would possibly, Nida is Arayos, and Nagia Bederechiba with Arayos is a Machlokas Raman Ramban, Nagia Bederechiba uh, with Arayos, Machlokas Raman Ramban, whether it's an Issa Daraisa or an Issa Drabanan, um, but definitely Aser, and who do we possibly like, by the way, in that Machlokas Raman Ramban? Rambam, right? We pass in the Shulchan Aruch and Ebenezer, that's Nisadar Raisa, Nigiyah B'derachibah with a Jew. What about Nigiyah B'derachibah with a non-Jew? Non-Jew is not a Raios, it's something else. So that's, that, that's where he was, that, that's why he was thinking uh, about this, that a non-Jew is not a Raios. So we have to figure that out. Yeah, what the else? The thing is also, most people, I don't know, but like, I'm not from personal experience, but... Um, you say that scientifically people will once it goes to a certain level emotions get involved and then it it goes further meaning why would it stop me if if there is something that the person Ah, gets so then the the concern comes he's going to develop this relationship with a non-Jew and then and then what meaning then uh, what happens if he falls in love with this non-Jewish woman and then he ends up marrying this non-Jewish woman so that would be 
pretty awful. So, uh, so do we want to start going down that road if we don't know where this road can lead to? Meaning, success may be failure over here, right? That's uh, that's that's often something to think about about when when you're making decisions in life. Like, if you have to be as afraid of success as you do of failure, then maybe that's not a place you want to go. Then it's maybe not something uh, that's not a, it's not a path you want to uh, you want to go down. Um, uh, I, mean, I was talking to someone about choosing a school for their child and the person said I'm not afraid my kid's going to fail in that school I'm afraid that they're going to succeed and that means that I'm going to be supporting them for the rest of their life because if they succeed then it means that the kid's going to be sitting and learning in, uh, in Kailo and it's gonna be, so I'm more afraid of success than I am failure okay, so, uh, so success is, uh, is, is, is a problem of year also Good. So those are those are some some good thoughts. So let's discuss um, just for a uh, for a moment. Uh, so uh, the the connecting with a non-Jew. Let's let's go down that road, right? What would happen if uh, if someone were to end up with a uh, with a non-Jewish woman, or let's say someone were to marry a non-Jew, right, or sleep with a non-Jew? So what exactly is the iser? What's the iser in the Torah? It seems that it's the very worst aver in the whole entire world. But because you know people sat shiva over such an over, over, over such uh, an event happening in their family, which is by the way no longer the practice, but uh, used to be the practice, um, it, it's no longer effective. Meaning it doesn't. Uh, uh, we just had the opportunity last week to meet with Roshiva Veshatora, uh, Rav Berkovitz, who is uh, an enormous Talmud Chacham and a very very sensitive Jew, someone who is uh, on fire with Avas Yisrael, and uh, he was saying that. Uh, that there are certain that, that when you're dealing with members of a family, let's say, who are not religious or no longer religious or as what, what do they say, not yet religious, right? When you're dealing with, uh, with with people like that, then the the it's very very important that you not look like a mashugana, because if you're a mashugana, they'll just tune you out. So if 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 that's the reaction nowadays, nowadays, if a person says shiva nowadays, you're just a mashugana. There's no one to talk to. And then, then there's no there's no relationship anymore. And we we were discussing with him issues of attending uh, weddings of an intermarriage. Can you attend the you know uh, different parts of it? And maybe only the parents are different than other people. Maybe a rabbi is different than uh, than, than than sibling. Whatever we were going through all the different uh, possibilities. And uh, you know, and it was a fascinating discussion. Not going to get into the details now. But that was the sode that he was trying to convey to us. That once you're a mashugana, no one's going to listen to you. So even though we, you don't think it's a mishigas, and we certainly understand that that would be profoundly upsetting and uh, and, and and crushing to a, to a from family if uh, one of their children decides to to marry a non-Jew, but they're going to lose that child forever. Then if they don't, meaning given that the divorce rate in America is at like seventy percent, and and people of such dissimilar backgrounds are unlikely to make it, the the kid's going to be divorced in five years anyway. Right, so now, and then where is he going to go? So it's it's important that you're not totally uh, totally cut off um, any any chance of a connection. Okay, so we don't sit shiva anymore. But the assumption in sitting shiva was that we were trying to express that it's the worst aver in the whole world. So if it's the worst aver in the whole world, where's the iser in the Torah? What's the avera? So there are a number of possibilities of what the avera is. Uh, the Torah says Los is Bam, the Gemara Neville Dazar Daflam Vavim Bas has Machlokas, whether that's only the Zainamim or all Gayim. The Rambam in Isuribia Parikid Bays, Paskin that applies to every guy but only 
derech ishus, only if it's derech ishus, not just sleeping with a non-Jew. And the tour holds like the that only applies to Zayinamim after they convert, because nothing else is considered chitun. It wouldn't be los uh, So is los a, a a source of the iser? It's it's a possibility according to the Rambam. Uh, there is another suggestion that poskim have that uh, if habal aramis, what's the halach habal aramis kanoim pogimbo. So typically, you don't uh, go killing people for mitzvahs and meisim tov, right? Meaning, if kanoim uh, pogimbo, there must be something wrong with it. If we're allowed to just get up and uh, stick a spear through, uh, you know, uh, through, through through the uh, the couple, um, so uh, so clearly uh, the the, uh, the the there's something wrong. Uh, but that's not necessarily a great source because Kanan Pogumbo is only if it was done before Asya. It's only while the act is ongoing. Um, you know, it's halacha ve'en morin kain. Uh, but uh, if, but, but at the same time, if a kanai can kill a person, then it must be that there's th- th- there must be some onesh for the avera in the absence of a kanai. Um, but. Uh, uh, so, so that's 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 another possibility, a second uh, possibility. Um, the Shut Maram Shik Avinazu Simon Lamed Zayin says that uh, living as a married couple is considered farhesia, and therefore that would be Kanaim Pogamba, which is uh, meaning the act doesn't have to be farhesia. The fact that they're choosing to live together that's farhesia. And therefore, that would qualify as kanayim. So, marrying a non-Jew is that it, it still fits in that category of kanayim pogimbo. So, that's a second possibility. Third possibility: lo kadesh, the iser against prostitution. Okay, but that might only apply to non-committed uh, relationships. But maybe a committed relationship is different. Uh, the Gemara in Sanhedrin Daf Pei Beis says that the Beis and Shal Chashmanoi made a gzeira against Bia with a nachris. Um, we even don't allow yichud with a nachris. That's an Issa Drabad in the Beis Dino Shal Shamai Right? There was three stages of the Issa Yichud. The Issa Raisa is Yichud Arayos, and then David Amelech, Beis Din of David Amelech, after the Maisa with Amnon and Tamar, uh, made a gzeira against. Uh, Against Yichud Pnuya, but then the next step was Yichud with a Goya. So th- there's something. It's something, and it's bad uh, to to be with a non-Jewish woman. So we certainly want to avoid that eventuality. Meaning, we shouldn't need all this intellectual exercise to explain that intermarriage is bad. Okay, so we certainly don't want to, don't want it to go that way. So let's say he starts uh, striking up a relationship with this non-Jewish woman. There's another potential problem. He's striking up a relationship with her, and he knows in his mind. There's no way I'm going to end up with this woman. It is off limits. This is, uh, I'm just exploring. But does she know that? If she doesn't know, and she thinks that she's striking up a relationship that might actually go somewhere, and she's looking for her Mr. Right, and she, look, every, go- every shiksa wants a nice Jewish boy, right? They, they, uh, they, they, they're known to make uh, for good husbands, and they, uh, they, uh, they, make, uh, they, they work hard to support their wives, and they... Right, so uh, so so she's she she thinks she's going to get somewhere with this, and therefore what? Knevis does. So also looking of das abrios, Gemaruchul and dafsadi dalas says afilu das akul. You know that would be going to das of a non-Jew either. So it would seem to be a violation of knevis das. Now that really depends on context. Meaning th- this fellow is in law school. He's going to meet some 
some non-Jewish woman in law school. I don't know the cultures of law schools, and it's true, graduate schools are a little bit different than undergraduate schools. Certainly in undergrad, uh, there's no assumption of a long-term committed relationship. Meaning there are people in, in, in the secular college world. There's no assumption of even trying to explore it necessarily. People are just sowing their wild oats, they're just having fun, they're just doing what they do. I don't know if uh, the culture in graduate schools may be different when people are a little more buttoned up and people are a little more focused on, you know, because this is actually going to be their life. It's not just, you know, from one uh, frat party to another or whatever. I don't know what gets done on, uh, you know, what, what happens in secular college campuses. I didn't listen to Rabbi Ari Wasserman's three-hour show on uh, secular college. And, uh, did you see that in the headlines? He did a, uh, like, he did interviews. Uh, he might, I, 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 I didn't get that far. I didn't listen to. It. I only listened to the first interview. He did a, a show about secular college and whether it's mutter to go. So the first interview was with Rav Schwarzman, who is uh, the grandson of Rav Aaron Kotler. He's a Rish Kailul in Eretz Yisrael. So uh, it was interesting. It was only interesting because he he said obviously he said you can't go to secular college. He said, if it's a boy who needs to go to college, he didn't take it. He said, I'm not going to say that a boy needs to go to college, but if it's a boy that needs to go to college, then he should go to YU or Lander, which was interesting to your grandson of Aaron Cutler say something like that. He said, obviously, if he's a Ben and he can learn all the time, then he shouldn't, you know, he shouldn't do those, those things. You know, uh, but, uh, okay. Um, so, uh, I totally forgot. Oh, so you're not allowed to be going to Das. So it could be that it's not going to Das. Meaning if the woman's assumption going in is that she's just having fun. She's not... Uh, so then it's, it's probably not going to Das. And I'd rather, a, lot of, uh, a lot of people on college campuses are exploring all sorts of things in terms of their own desires or whatever. And maybe she's also exploring, you know? Who knows? So it's not... Uh, it may not be an issue of Gnevis Das. Um, the, the bigger issue, I mean, the, the real issue over here is that it's definitely not mutter to do. Meaning, if, if anyone were to ask a shayla, is it okay to just hold hands with a, with a non-Jewish woman? Just hugging. I'm not going to let it go beyond hugging. Holding hands and hugging a non-Jewish woman. No, no rabbi in the world would say, no, nah, it's a, you know, no, that's absolutely us, sir. Of course you're not allowed to do that. So we're going to go tell a person that he's allowed to violate an iser? Are you allowed to violate an Isser in order to achieve whatever, however laudable the goal might be? Are you allowed to violate an Isser for such things, for the long-term solution? So, um, the Rav, uh, Rav Weiss always quotes Tshuva uh, Sam Sofer on this topic, on violating an Isser in order to save yourself from more long-term prohibitions. The Tshuva Sam Sofer talks about if a Shota has a chance, it's a Tshuva Sam Sofer or Chaim Sim Pei Gimel, if a, shot, if a shota has a chance at a refua in a mental institution that doesn't serve kosher food. So the person, he's not allowed to eat non-kosher, but his only way of being normal, of living life normally, is by, is by having a refua sanefesh over here. So, uh, so, so the Chassam Sofer writes, Atu chayavim lahashiro shota patr min You think you have to leave him a shota his whole life and then, and then he's going to be patr min his whole life? I mean, you got to get him uh, normal. But, so, okay, that's a different story. He's a shota right now. He's part of a mitzvah. No, but he brings a raya. Some sort of brings a raya from a guy stuck in the midbar when he has no idea what day it is, uh, uh, you know, so, so what does he do? He doesn't know if it's Shabbos. When does he act, uh, when does he keep Shabbos? So he can only do malacha kadei chayav, but he can walk past the tchum on all seven days. 
right? He can walk past the Tchumen all seven days. Why? Why can he walk past? Even if he's counting the seventh day of Shabbos, he can walk past the Tchum. Why? Because the only way to get out of this situation is by walking, is by keeping on going and getting his way out. So even though it's an Isser to do so, but he's going to be in violation of much worse Isurim, because he has no uh, he has no way out of this lifelong uh, predicament that he's going to be in unless he goes past the tchum. So now, obviously, that case is a little bit different because each case is each day is only a suffix Shabbos. But but the idea of Ashwais draws from that is that you can look at a long term goal. That sometimes violating a smaller iser for the sake of a long term goal would be permissible. Uh, you have to be very very careful how you apply this. Um, Rav Asher applies this in his OCD tshuva. He has a famous tshuva uh, about OCD, and then he had to write another one in the next volume. Because the, the yisod with OCD is that you have to say that, um, you know, if a person says, I repeat uh, Shema a thousand times. So you have to say, you're never allowed to repeat Shema. I don't care if you didn't have Kavanah, you're never allowed to repeat Shema. Right? So a person says, I'm never sure if I have Kavanah when I, when I said Kiddush. Right, so do I should I say Kiddush again? I'm not really sure if I really have kavanah to be most of them. So he said, you're never allowed to do. It. But Ravasher in the first OCD Chuv at the very end he said, unless you're vadai borrow that you didn't have kavanah, then you could probably. So then he had to write another Chuv because the guy the guy wrote back vadai borrow. Oh, I think I might be vadai borrow every time. I, you know, so that, that you can't do that with an OCD person. You have to be absolute. You have to say, um, you know, and that's what the stipler writes in all of his letters also that you have to, you have to say that's it. You're yotze. You were yotze already. Uh, the person's going to say, but uh, not, you know, why? If, I, if I'm sure that I was, that I didn't have kavana, why would I be yotze? Because I'm the rabbi and that's what I said. Right. right? Someone came to my office today. They started Daf Yomi. The problem is they have OCD. And uh, they, they, they sometimes will read a line of Gemara 50 times because they're not sure that it sunk into their heads. So Daf Yomi is maybe not the limud for such a person. So, uh, so I said, no, you're Yodzei. He said, what if I don't understand it? You're Yodzei. <laughs> Just listen to the shir. He's an intelligent guy. He's going to pick up most of the learning. He's like, but then how can I make a him? You can make a him. Why? Because I'm asking you can make a him. Rabbi Levi, this is not good enough for you. So <laughs> that's, that's what you have to say. I mean, I mean, that's what we were told. That's what therapists told me I'm supposed to say. So that's what we say. So that's, uh, you know, that, that's what you got to do. So, so in that context, Rav Asherai says, yeah, I, but sometimes Yitaka doesn't have Kavana. You'll do a little of it in order to, 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 to achieve the long-term goal, and it's worth it. Um, he applies the principle of Gedola Aver Lishma. So you have, you have that uh, possibility as well. So uh, as a matter of Halacha now, you know, I, I discussed this with two major poskim. Um, I'm not really sure if either one of them wants to be quoted in this uh, context. Um, but considering that there are pretty much only two major poskim that I ever quote, maybe you'll figure out who they are. So, <laughs> so I, I discuss this with two major poskim. So one of them said he thinks that a non-psak is best. That, um, meaning, don't tell him to do anything. You can't tell a guy, go and uh, start a relationship with a non-Jewish woman. The biggest concern is that he's going to fall in love with a guy, obviously. And, the, uh, and, and, and this post, he quoted the Maram Shik, which we alluded to before, who, where the Maram Shik was asked in a case where a guy fell in love with a non-Jewish woman, and he was going to marry her. And he wasn't asking Shiloh, can or can't he? Uh, can he or can't he? And, uh, and, and she was absolutely opposed to the whole concept of Tarz HaMashpacha. So the Shiloh was, can she, can we, should we convert her 
So, and, and knowing that they're going to violate Taras Hamashvacha, where it's going to be Nisr Nidr, Nisr Kares, or leave her as a non-Jew, and he'll just be married to a non-Jew. Right? Which is better? So what did Maram Shik say? Now, halachically, which is better? We went through it before. Nidr's Nisr Kares, being married to a non-Jew, I don't know, maybe Los Eschatein, maybe Lo Yekadesh, maybe, ah, whatever, Kanaim Pogamo. It's not an Nisr Kares! So Maram Shik said, absolutely you do not have him marry a non-Jew, you convert him. Better to be married to a Jew and violate Nida than married to a non-Jew, because intermarriage is the worst thing in the world. Now, this posik pointed out that it's a shver maram shik, because what kind of conversion is that? Meaning, for conversion, you need Kabbalah's mitzvahs. Here's a woman saying, I'm not going to keep the Arasah So that's not a Kabbalah's mitzvahs. But this posik said, but the maram shik's Tainas, meaning his cheshben, is otherwise correct. That intermarriage is much, much worse. So this person was very, very nervous about uh, intermarriage, but, uh, in, in, and therefore is thought that you cannot give a psak like that. Um, but considering that in all likelihood, if the guy doesn't explore this possibility, he's not going to be from in the long run, that he thought it might be worth the risk of developing a casually semi-intimate relationship with the non-Jew. Um, but it was clear, he said, not to tell him to do this, just give a non-psak stressing how important it is for him to see if he has this attraction or if he can uh, uh, explore this attraction. Um, the other major post that I discussed it with said, absolutely not with a non-Jew on a, on a secular college campus. No way, that's not the way it's done. The other posik said, I've seen how it's done. He said, I met a therapist, a Haredi young man, came to me with the therapist. The Haredi young man has a wife, he has a family. He told me that this sort of therapy changed his life. But it's not just going on to some campus and finding an non-Jew. There's a professional that does it. In the therapist's office, there's a woman there, and you hold hands with the woman, everyone's dressed the whole time, and they embrace. And it's done in a... In, 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 in an office environment with the therapist there. In that circumstance, when it's done under the, um, uh, under the watchful eye of, uh, of a therapist who knows what they're doing, then it would be mutter. Because if Mama saved this person's life, I, he said, I saw it with my own eyes, the guy told me it saved his life. So that, that, would, be, uh, that would be mutter. So I said, who's the woman? Right? I mean, who gets volunteered for that? Is that a Jew or a non-Jew? Right, the woman who volunteers for that. And, and what's her hatter for, for being involved in that? And should she go to the mikvah? So, I, I don't know, I didn't really get a straight answer on that one. Um, he, he just said that, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's done in a very uh, non-sexual uh, way, and uh, therefore, uh, that's, that's the way to go. But to just stop and roll the dice with some non-Jewish woman that he's going to pick up on the, in the college campus, he thought that was a very, very bad idea. Yeah. It solves the intermarriage issue, it solves the Gnevis Das issue, but, but as far as Nagia Bader Chiba, with, with what? With a, is it a non Jewish woman? So maybe. It's, it sounded like the, 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 the Rav that I spoke to um, lives in Eretz Yisrael, and it sounded like he was talking uh, where the chances are there will be a Jewish woman. I don't know. But maybe, maybe he meant only Dafka if it's a non-Jewish woman. I don't know how one signs up for that job. Like, is it is it like another therapist, or is it like 
Like I, I tried to find stuff for that online to see if, uh, but you have to be so careful with what you're searching with these things. But but also all I got was these, you know, um, very adamantly anti all these kinds of therapies type of uh, type of sites. I didn't really get, and really, you know, I couldn't find anything. So if anyone knows anything about this, I'm sure some therapist out there will email me hopefully so I'll, uh, I'll have some some more better information on this but okay so that is our Shiloh that, that was the answer to that Shiloh um, as far as running the uh, people sometimes say that I never answer the other question so as far as running the $2,711 uh, raffle uh, it's problematic it's problematic it's probably a smachta. so uh, that's uh, that's an issue if you get $1 back then it's mutter I meaning if you get $1 back for each dot so then you know that I'm getting my own money back and it's safe for the shul and uh, and whatever extra money, whatever money I you know I just give to the shul, give it to tzedakah. That's probably mutter. I'm pretty confident it's mutter. But to get two dollars back, I think that's uh, I think that's a problem. Okay, have a wonderful Shabbos, everybody. Again, next two weeks I will not be here. My apologies.